Some years ago, I was visiting a school. It was an elementary school, and it was a new one. And I was there because the bishop was blessing this new school. And I remember that when we were in this school, um, I was hearing about the new alarm system, the fire alarm system that had been placed into this school. And the person was describing the fire alarm system said, you know, the alarm, when it goes off, it's so loud that you physically can't stay in the building. And I was kind of asking questions about that, like, is that standard or not? And the person who was helping with the building said, yeah, this is kind of the norm now. When you have a fire alarm, uh, in the past it was loud, but it could kind of be annoying for people. And some people might kind of cover their ears and stay in the building. And this, of course, could become a risk if there was a real fire. But people thought, okay, maybe it's a false alarm. So they just stayed there in the building as the alarm was sounding. But then, with these new alarm system, you had that it was so loud that the people were forced to leave the building. So it wasn't just kind of a warning, but it actually made people uh, take action to leave the building and to avoid danger. This is sort of the image that comes to my mind when I consider the gospel today. This idea of a fire alarm that's so loud it forces us into action. Because when we listen to Jesus in the gospel today, Jesus is using very startling language. It's almost uncharacteristic of the peaceful, kind, loving Jesus that we oftentimes have in mind. Jesus in the gospel today is trying to warn us very strongly so that we take action. Jesus is warning us so that we do not miss the goodness that he has in store for us. So in order to understand, I think, the depth of Christ's warning, we first need to understand the goodness that Jesus is calling us to. In the Gospel today, Jesus is describing how each of us are called to participate in God's kingdom, which is a kingdom of love, joy, and peace. This is the central message. This is what we are all called to. In the first letter of St. John, we read that God is love. Therefore, in God's kingdom, which we're called to build up here and now, this is a kingdom in which there is perfect love, perfect joy, perfect peace, and this kingdom starts here and now, and of course goes into all eternity, into heaven, where it is this perfect love. Heaven is described in quite a beautiful way in the Catholic Youth Catechism. So as you know, we have the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which is kind of big. I prefer sometimes the Youth Catechism because it's shorter and there's nice pictures in it. And the Youth Catechism describes heaven and the way it's related to love in this way. It says... If you have ever observed a couple looking at each other lovingly or seen a baby nursing who looks for his mother's eyes as though it wanted to store up every smile forever, then you have some inkling of heaven. I think that's such a beautiful way to think about heaven, that we can consider the greatest joy that we have here in this life, the greatest love, the greatest peace. And this really is a foreshadow, a taste, a sliver of the love and goodness that heaven has in store for us. And because heaven, because God's kingdom is so good, Jesus needs to describe it using parables. And in the gospel today, Jesus describes the kingdom of heaven using the parable of a wedding feast, a wedding banquet, which at Jesus' time, so now for us, is generally one of the most joyful occasions. Family and friends come together. There's good food there's celebration. It's a moment of great joy and peace as everybody celebrates the new life this couple is starting together. 
This joy and peace, again, is a foreshadow of the goodness of heaven. And Jesus in the parable explains how all, without exception, are invited to this kingdom, this heavenly banquet. Jesus says that the servants are sent out. These servants are the prophets. And they go out to invite not just invited guests, who are kind of like the people you would expect, the religious dignitaries, those who are very observant, but in fact, invitations are sent to all people without distinction. So Jesus then tells us that all rich, poor, those who are kind of seen as important or not important, all without distinction receive this invitation to come into God's kingdom, which is perfect love and perfect joy. This ultimately, though, is an invitation. We are invited to this goodness, but we still need to do something to receive this goodness, to kind of open this gift of salvation that we receive. The kingdom of heaven, again, is all about love, and love can't be forced. We have to freely respond to love with love. So you can imagine this for a moment. Imagine you're walking maybe around Queen's Park on the path, and you see a man walking maybe three dogs. And as he's walking the dogs, you can see he's kind of dragging them along. They clearly don't want to go uh, where he's going. And the man, you get into a conversation and he says, look how much my dogs love me. They're following me wherever I go. And of course, it seems these poor dogs have little choice in the matter. This is not love, of course. This is being forced. This is coercion. And the kingdom of heaven, again, is all about love. So we need to freely respond to God's gift, God's invitation with love. And we see in this gospel that some people do not respond to this invitation for various reasons. We see that some people just ignore the invitation. They're too busy with their life. They're too preoccupied with other matters. And how often, too, that can happen to us. We see at the end of the gospel what is kind of a strange detail, where this man who is invited comes to the wedding, and the poor guy gets in this big trouble because he's not wearing the appropriate garment. It's not as though he really knew about the wedding. It seems a little bit unfair. But this kind of garment, this wedding garment, is symbolic probably of conversion. That Jesus, at the start of his gospel, at the start of his mission, he says, repent and believe the kingdom of God has come near. So in order to embrace this gift or invitation that God has given us, we need to convert slowly but surely in our life to change our behavior, to change our way of thinking. And this wedding garment is symbolic of conversion. We show ultimately that we have accepted this invitation to the banquet of love when we are transformed to become more like God who is loving, when we are walking down this path of conversion. God alone, of course, is perfect, but we show that we respond to this invitation by walking down that path to follow Jesus, to try to become more like Christ, to convert and put on this wedding garment. We then are all invited to this banquet of love and perfect peace, but we need to do something. We need to accept this invitation. And Jesus then in this gospel warns us, or more kind of prompts us to action, to really take this day, to take this opportunity here and now to accept this invitation to follow him. And here is where the language in the gospel becomes very startling. We hear, for example, that those people who reject the messengers who invite them to the banquet, the king, we read, becomes enraged, sends his troops, 
and destroys those murderers and burned their city. Very strong language. We hear later in the gospel of the fate of the one who appears at the wedding without the wedding garment. And we read that the king said to the attendants, bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. This is strong language. This is Jesus really sounding that alarm bell, that fire alarm, that isn't just a warning, but wants to prompt us to do some action. Jesus wants us to realize how important it is to accept this invitation, to be in this kingdom where there is love, peace, and joy. We don't want to make that decision to leave where there is kind of this goodness offered to us, to choose here and forever to be in a place where there's no love, peace, and joy. Jesus is sounding the fire alarm, just like when a parent might see their child reaching towards a hot element on a stove. They might first, when they're far away still, just kind of call them gently, but the closer they get to the burning element, the stronger their voice will become, the more dramatic their action will become. Jesus in the gospel today is being very dramatic. He is sounding this fire alarm. He is calling us really to the severity or importance of our choice because of the goodness that is offered. Christ doesn't want anybody to be left behind. So let us then in this gospel hear the challenging message of Christ in this parable, to hear the fire alarm that Jesus is raising, but to focus always on the goodness that is being offered to us. Let us today in this Mass choose once again to walk down that path of conversion, to accept more and more in our lives this invitation to Christ, to this banquet of love, peace, and joy that begins now and continues perfectly into heaven.